Hey guys, welcome to 12 Questions! Uh, this is just Anna this week. I killed Alex. No, I didn't. I didn't kill him. <laughs> he, he's off doing important Hollywood cool guy things. So uh, tonight, and, and, and then I had scheduling conflicts. See, now I'm an asshole. I was the one who was like, I have a scheduling conflict. I had to work. Okay, whatever. Seventh tradition, fully self-supporting. Let's do this. Hi. <laughs> Oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> it's already spiraling out of control. <laughs> Would you like to introduce We're on yourself? question zero. <laughs> question zero. Yeah. Just dumb banter before yeah. we get started and I'm melting down. <laughs> but we've been hanging out since seven tonight, seven thirty. Yeah. And have I become any more coherent in the last I mean two hours? you were pretty coherent on stage. I pull it together for yeah, stage. For about the five minutes you're on stage. For, for yeah. five minutes. And then after that, I just went back to making fun of everyone around me like a terrible person. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> and asking and <clears throat> judging people for leaving the bathroom in tandem. <laughs> well, that, that was weird. It was, I mean, we. They both looked shit. It was a moment. It was a moment. Well, c- and we both looked at each other and we were like, oh, something just happened. Well, because the one guy looked like a Mormon missionary and then the other one was just a guy. There were a lot of like scuzzy dads in that bar tonight. Yeah, I still haven't uh, introduced they? you. Oh yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> how would you? I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself because we never discussed how you want to identify yourself on this podcast. Oh, like the anonymity thing. Yeah. Do people have issues with that? Some people do. I want to see if we can go through the whole podcast without ever actually introducing me. <laughs> <laughs> just guess. <laughs> just like, who is this man? <laughs> Who's this gay boy Anna had on her podcast? <laughs> Which one? Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> this is Jared Gilbreth. Ooh, look at you, full name. Why not? Mm, okay, yeah. Nothing to hide. Yeah, and you are uh, a friend we met, and I immediately. Everyone, do you know that everyone who meets you just loves you? No, and thinks you're the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Great, that's <laughs> no, it's true. Really? Like, yeah, I met him. I, I texted Kyle, and I was like. Oh, I gotta hang out with Jared. He's like, I, I want this to happen. That's why I introduced you. You guys would be very fun. Yeah, but then he gets all nervous when I'm like, oh, I was hanging out with Anna the other night. And he's like, oh, really? What were you doing? I'm like, just hanging out. <laughs> like, you you weren't there. <laughs> Sorry. He doesn't want to be left behind. Were you there when he showed up to Canteen Points and said hi to everybody? We're all out front, like, smoking. And he looks at me he's like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> No, is he? Did he go up? What happened? Did yeah, he just, he just stopped by and like did a, like a lottery spot. Oh, oh, that but was, was a like, different night. Yeah, it's different. Not, not tonight. Yeah, oh, okay. No, I was, was like, because like, he did tell me he might go. This was tonight. a few weeks ago when oh. like when we went out after. Oh yeah. Night, yeah, and then we we all went to NoHo Diner, which is yes. One a very important thing in both <clears throat> sobriety and comedy is the twenty four hour diner. Oh yeah, it's you need to be able to get coffee, coffee at any time, French fries, French food, and French yeah, yeah. Food, yeah. French fries, anything, anything, or anything. pie, whatever your thing is. Yeah, whatever your meeting after the meeting, right? Junk food, whatever, whatever you're shoving in your face instead of you know <laughs> drugs or alcohol. Exactly. I don't want to feel tonight. No, 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 yeah. no. We, uh, <laughs> no, we're fine. That's okay. Yeah, no, we're good, guys. Yeah. I swear to God, it's spiritual solutions all over the place. Um, but yeah, so we met, and it was I did. Did Kyle introduce us as two people in the program? Is that I what he did? I don't think he did. I think he might have mentioned it after the fact. I think he like, like whispered ass- it in my ear. Because <laughs> he was like really excited for me to meet. He was like, that's Jared. <laughs> and I was like, 
he also does not drink alcohol or use drugs. I know, right? I know. I know. Like, like we're all just like, oh no, will I ever meet a friend like me? Right. It's, it's almost everywhere. like it's everywhere. Kyle almost treats it like, um, like when someone has like two gay friends, they're like, oh, you guys should like meet because you're both gay. You guys will totally love each other. It's like, oh, you guys are both like sober. You guys should hang out. <laughs> Here's what I've learned about some gay guys: is some of them are like cats. Yeah. They're either going to get along or they're going to hiss at each other. <laughs> yeah. That sounded really bad. It <laughs> sounded so homophobic. I'm a monster. I mean, you could say that about most people, though. It's true. But I, I understand people. the parallel. Any, any people. Yeah. That's like, it, it, you know how I realized that sounded gross? Is if somebody had said that about two women, I would burn their house down. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, no. <laughs> no, we're better than this. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to burn your house down. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, 12 questions. You've never gotten uh 12 questions audience. This is the first time I've been uh extra punch drunk yeah. doing a podcast. I think this might be one of my latest recording sessions. So we're gonna What time is it? It's 11. Oh, lord. I'm an old, I'm an old lady. Should be in my PJs I know. watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's uh are you all caught up? No, I decided to start watching it like a week ago from Whoa. the beginning. What, have you read the books? No. Whoa. So I'm almost done with season four. <laughs> okay, so you made it through season three, though? Yeah. Uh, spoilers? Yeah. Spoilers. The, Skip, like, the, a few like seconds ahead. three seasons ago. So, yeah, 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 get it together. The if whole you Red Wedding thing is that what... Yeah. You know, yeah. When the people who read the books... Okay, so here's the thing. Like, we, we talked about this at dinner. Um, there have been periods of... The reason why folks in our lives want us to go to meetings consistently and i can tell you this from experience is there have been periods of my recovery where i did a lot of hiding and i did a lot of checking out yeah and one of those periods was i read all the true blood books and all <laughs> that's the dirty one right uh, there that's that's just the like oh. and then i you read mean the sookie stackhouse series yes okay. oh, oh so you've also read it no but i um have heard it really falls apart around book eight. It really <laughs> it? okay. Eight books in, you're like, what have I been doing? So with my read life? the first seven then. No, oh, don't okay. even. Don't, just don't. Um, the only, the best part about that sort of world to jump in jump into was that it, the show so aggressively jumped the shark that it was the funniest thing in the whole wide world. Like it, like you couldn't be like, well, it wasn't like that in the books because. It wasn't like, it just was insanity. It was a fever dream. Um, but And then I read all of Game of Thrones in like three months. I just didn't leave the house or participate uh. in my sad relationship. <laughs> so Don't talk about Stuart like that. No. I know I'm Stuart. kidding. <laughs> Priest do. Priest do. Priest do. Yeah, I have a, uh, God, this is a lot of me talking about me. I have a normie, normie ass boyfriend. Yeah. He's like super normal. He's so normal. Like he's so normal that I, like I think, I imagine there's like some weird sexual thing he's into <laughs> that we don't know about. He, no, like a, not at all. <clears throat> not at all. He, he doesn't like. And here's because I, I talk about this oh, the oh the porn thing. He doesn't watch porn. The porn, right? So the weirdest thing about him is that sexually he is um, like like a weird self taught genius. Like, he's the goodwill hunting of dicks. Yeah, like, it's all just 
learn by touch and feel like yeah. natural sort of okay so yeah. it's not that's not like the weird like some, let's get in this position because i saw in the movie exactly <laughs> some real blue lagoon shit yeah but like without a sister okay. <laughs> in that situation right yeah oh god he's gonna be real uncomfortable with this episode. oh is he gonna listen to this no i hope not okay if you do sorry Stuart. Sorry. we love you sorry we love you you're the best um so so yeah so you've been you've been around this thing for a while yeah um i got sober january 20th 2011 nice that's yeah drank a fifth of vodka before i checked into rehab you were a fun intake i was they um asked me if i wanted a wheelchair yeah and i was like why i like why do i need a wheelchair and they're like oh your blood alcohol is 0.26 and i'm like (laughs) i'm fine like Uh, i walked in here didn't i yeah (laughs) Just tell me where to go. Shut up, t- <laughs> shut up, Tiffany, and take my shoelaces. Yeah. We're gonna get through this together. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what does like surrender look like uh, to you? Was that like the big surrender? Or yeah, that one for sure. Because um, at that point, I think things had just gotten bad. I didn't have like a crazy like rock bottom story where i like got fired or got a dui or od'd or something it was like definitely much more of a spiritual bottom yeah um which now just makes me like a weird gay sex joke in my mind but it's not coming out um um, (laughs) he's always praying it's very strange um yeah um but i I definitely think that was probably it like i woke up that morning of the 20th no Hold on. Those were a blurry few days. Yeah. I woke up the morning of the 19th and called my work and told them I wouldn't be in for like a couple months. <laughs> I was like, because <laughs> at this point, like, they knew I had a drinking problem, obviously, because yeah. they're like seeing me all, like every day. Yeah. Like they probably know more than anyone in my life because yeah. I'm like, yeah, reeking, probably reeking of alcohol and like calling in sick all the time and all that. There's nothing worse than whiskey sweat. Yeah. And it's something that I'm like, I'll just be like walking along and I'll be like, oh yeah, you smile and you're like, oh shit. Damn, son. <laughs> yeah. Drink a glass of water. Um, but yeah, I think that like, I woke up and it was like, okay, I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So like I called and was like, I don't care what they say. Like, I'm just going to tell them what's going on. Um, and then I called my mom and was like, hey, can you come pick me up and like take me to rehab, I guess? Mm-hmm. And um, so like she came and picked me up and... She um, is a nurse, so she worked at, like, a bunch of different hospitals in the area. And, like, she goes, I know exactly what hospital I'm going to take you to. They have a great rehab program. So she drove me to Santa Barbara to, like, Cottage Hospital up there. Dope. To, like, do the whole detox and then go into rehab thing. And I think, yeah, as far as surrender, that was definitely, like, the, like, the big one in the beginning just like i don't care what happens like i just know i need help so yeah i'm gonna like completely get myself over too yeah and my mom was sober at that point so like i knew what AA was and like programs and 12 steps and all that stuff so yeah um i was like i'm just gonna do that yeah because that's the only thing i know to what, like that mm-hmm. i can do right now so um and as far as like surrendering kind of on a day-to-day basis is some days are easier than others, but I think I've gotten to a, a pretty good place where I know what I do and don't have control over, which is like most things I don't have control over. Yeah. So I can kind of just like let it all go and just kind of try right. to focus on, you know, how I react to things and the yeah. way I behave. 
yeah. most of the time. Most of the time. I'm not great at it. <laughs> but, you know, it's a, it's, it's work. Yeah. When, uh, it's, I'll let you know if it ever, I've never, I haven't found perfect at it yet. I'm pretty bad at it. Yeah. I, I'm pretty like... <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Like, hey, don't shush me. Like, <laughs> I might be loud and inappropriate right now. I might be interrupting your show. I might be like... the worst. Um, but I'm just loud. <laughs> I can't help that people want to talk to me. God, what an asshole I am. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that first surrender when I'm mean, at least for me, um, like going to seek help and realizing that like I couldn't like because I already I knew for a long time I had a problem. Yeah. Like, I didn't know, like, like, I knew what I was. I knew what I was doing. I just couldn't stop it, even though I yeah. tried over and over and over again with all those little tricks of, like, only drinking certain things or, like, you know, that the stupid stuff. Of, I'm just going to have one martini. Yeah. I'm going to have like, one. Okay, maybe if I just take a bunch of Benadryl, I'll just fall asleep and then, like... <laughs> <laughs> no one takes about a it. box of Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> no one... So um, I think that first like big surrender for me made it easier for all the like thousand other little ones that came after it, you know, like kind of setting a huge precedent. And then once I got through that, it kind of made the rest of it a little easier. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes <laughs> sense. Like, it totally, totally makes sense. I like that you talked about having a spiritual bottom because I had the same thing okay, spiritual yeah. and emotional and it wasn't my most dangerous physical time it wasn't my most addicted but I was yeah. like I'm done like I'm done this sucks yeah and it's one of those things I'm really grateful for because I see some other I see other folks sometimes have like different types of bottoms mm-hmm. and then they have to come to the place where they're done you know and it was like yeah. I was just like oh, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired not to yeah. be a cliche but right like, but fuck. it's true yeah yeah it definitely makes you feel grateful when you're like <laughs> hearing stories and it's like wow like wh- at what point is like this person going to be done like all this stuff happens to someone and like they see that they just can't kick it yeah and uh definitely makes me feel grateful that i did when i did yeah do you ever you and i have the an interesting thing where we have <clears throat> friends in comedy that don't that aren't like clean and sober sober people you know what i mean mm-hmm. they don't drink a ton they're right. not like doing coke off of hookers or right anything, yeah they're but not like, like partying but yeah occasionally <clears throat> they like take mushrooms and are super silly and you're like present for it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you have videos of shirtless boys <laughs> yeah no that's yeah it's <laughs> it's life's little little pleasures um <laughs> Um, like, are you asking if it bothers me or like, does that, do I find it hard to I, reconcile? I or? actually, I'm not really asking anything. I okay. suppose because I'm observing something, I'm observing it. Because yeah. Most of my you friends and I are occupy like a interesting space where we have a lot of regular type friends. Yeah. And kind of a half in half out sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I never had like a, like I had a group of friends that I would like party with when I was younger, mm-hmm. but they're still my friends now. And they just kind of grew out of it, like from being young and now they're yeah. like, older adults and are just normal people yeah so i never had to do that whole like get rid of all your friends thing because they stopped long before i did yeah pretty much (laughs) and some of them did stop like through a program and some were just like that's they partied when they were young and then they don't anymore because they're just normal people (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Um, they're just like now i have a mortgage yeah so most of my friends don't really drink that much at all 
Yeah. Like if you take, for instance, Kyle, like very rarely drinks. Yeah. Only when he's like for sure not operating a vehicle and it's like New Year's Eve and he's like going to just crash at his house. And then he's just super silly. Yeah, he's right. He's like, oh, he's going to watch a horror movie <clears throat> oh and talk God. about pause every five seconds or something. I, I've never watched it. <laughs> I, but I imagine it's a lot of pausing. <laughs> it's a lot of like, let's discuss the way these zombies run. Yeah, no, it's kind of sometimes. It depends. And I mean that in the best way. Like, oh, I love I'm way it. worse than Kyle. Not in the sense of like pausing to like comment, like for yeah. commentary. But I, when I watch, I love scary movies, but I can get completely freaked out. I'm wearing a hoodie. I'm like cowering in a corner. I'm screaming at the TV. You remember when every girl <clears throat> wore a scarf all the time? Yeah. <laughs> I would wrap the scarf around my face like a, like a scared mummy. And then I chew on the scarf during a scary movie. Yeah, I always pull the hood over like my yeah. face so I can like open and close. <laughs> I like that we both like scary. I, I, yeah, we were going to go see Annabelle and then yeah. couldn't get it. Okay, fine. We digress. Back to recovery. <laughs> what's, uh, what's been your most insane moment sort of in and out of recovery? Um, in recovery, it's hard to like pin one down, but this one happened recently. So it's like Ooh. fresh in my mind. So I've been dealing with like this crazy eczema all over my body. Right. Yeah. I was born with it. So I've dealt with it before, but I usually, I go years and years without having outbreaks. And when I do, they're just really intense and I deal with it for months and yeah. have to get crazy shots. And it's just insane. Cause it just feels like my skin's on fire and just itching constantly. No. So I just like, like cold, like oatmeal with like, bleach in the bathtub water like these crazy things to just try to make the itching stop and when it got really bad a couple months ago i was sitting in my living room <clears throat> covered in like coconut oil and just like itching and i'm like if this never goes away i'm probably gonna have to kill myself mm-hmm. and i'm like and then like half an hour goes by and i'm like okay that's dumb like this yeah. is gonna go away this yeah. is li- literally just a skin disease and people have it way worse than this but i'm just like being crazy dramatic all by myself just like freaking out yeah. my apartment yeah so stuff like that probably um i just realized just insane like, yeah like that. i'm i'm totally with you i just realized that i had made an unconscious like reservation in my recovery where i <clears throat> I'm okay mm-hmm. as long as I'm okay. But the minute my body starts to break down, which it sort of all did at once in this last year, yeah, I <coughs> suddenly am like, well, I'm not going to participate in anything. I'm going to, I'm going to crawl into this room. So you're like a big isolator. And I start to isolate. Yeah. And then my head gets into this like crazy space of like, nobody likes you. Nobody wants you. And then that like creeps into the, I know that thinking for me. And then that creeps into like, well, you should just use, or you should just jump in front of a bus. Right. Like there's yeah. like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like it does, you know, just you progresses. Know, just like, like progresses. Doesn't that happen to everybody? Right. <laughs> and that's how I know like the person in my life is so, he's so normal. Cause sometimes I'll be like, he'll be like, how do you feel today? And I'll tell him some of the things that I should exclusively tell like you or my sponsor. So, right. And he'll just look at me with all the love in his eyes and be like, I have no idea where that's coming right. from. <laughs> just, like no idea how to respond. I mean, like, like <laughs> this is above my pay yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll call my sponsor. Um, <clears throat> but I understand that. I really yeah. do. And then I guess the like, zero to sixty thinking. Oh yeah. yeah. And then and then it's just kinda like, you know, you get tools and you know how to manage it and yeah. you can kinda laugh after the fact, like, well that was an insane two hours that I spent alone in my head in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, gonna call a friend and maybe just go for a walk. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> 
I'm oh. sorry, you're so itchy. Oh no, it's better. It's much better now, even though it doesn't look super great. It also looks crazy because I had to like, no one on the podcast cares about this, but they had to like scrape a bunch of it off to like do um, yeah, like look at it under a microscope speaking, kind of a thing. Speaking of Game of Thrones, you have grayscale. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you're one of the stone men. Yeah. Um, no, uh, my stepmom has eczema on the palms of her hands. Oh, okay. Yeah, so her hands will um, and on her scalp. And so her hands will flare up and she won't be able to move her fingers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really That's bad. Nuts. I want to show you this picture of what it used to look like. Because um, I want your reaction to be recorded. Okay. Okay. Guys, we're... Pull it up we're real quick. A, a picture. Because guess what, guys? You're going to live through some shit in your recovery. If you Here's the good news. If you get clean young, you get to be cuter for longer. But you also get to age and you're present to the aging process. Yeah. Which it's, is terrifying sometimes. You don't see it coming. <laughs> you don't see it coming. You're like, yeah. wait, what do you mean I have hip arthritis? <laughs> I'm a 35. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoa. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So it's much better than that now. So don't. Oh, my God. It looks like a YouTube video. Like, it looks like somebody lanced that and then put it nope, on the just YouTube. just my skin sloughing off. <laughs> So, guys, it was, uh, it was fried chicken with no batter is what yeah. was going on there. I'll put it up on Facebook so people can see. Do it. Send yeah. it to me. We can just make that the thumbnail for this episode. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> people are be like, ah, I'm not listening to that What's one. Going to, what's going on with that? <laughs> I interviewed a zombie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, cra- it's crazy making. When your body starts to. Yeah. And, and it gets. It has to deal. And. And that's where, thank God for our predecessors, because Mm -hmm. we get to watch people, like, if you lost somebody in the program, like a friend who just got old naturally and just died like a regular person. Right. And it's an interesting thing to watch because they're frustrated and they have to share about how their bodies are different now. Yeah. And thank God I listened to that coming up in my recovery yeah you know thank god somebody was i'm one of those people i think there's uh there's a type of share where it's like if you're not sharing about gratitude you're not sharing about recovery and i appreciate that i also enjoy a share where somebody is like i broke my leg <laughs> right <laughs> and i'm really angry yeah and i don't know how to deal or i'm having my first surgery and i'm scared and i appreciate vulnerability in a share because it teaches me how to move forward on life on life's terms. Yeah, and it helps people relate. You know, not everyone's yeah. going to be super grateful and spiritual every time they go to a meeting, and they sometimes mm-hmm. they need to hear someone else who's maybe having a hard time or frustrated or angry or yeah, you know, to you know, must not feel so alone. Yeah, at the point of going to a meeting to like be around people like know what's going on. Yeah, and relate. Well, <clears throat> you were going to talk about an insane moment out of recovery. Oh, out of recovery. My God. I don't know. There were so, like, it was all kind of insane. I think, I don't know. There's a lot. There's also a lot I don't remember. Yeah. From just blacking black out. out. Black uh, <clears throat> I remember I was supposed to go to this show. Um, see a friend of mine play like some like lounge gig or something. And I invited my, <clears throat> this guy I was sort of two guys I was sort of seeing, mm-hmm. but not really like together with. 
Okay. Um, and they were going to come pick me up in my house, the two of them. And we're going to go to the show. And it was like in the morning. And the next thing I remember is them like coming into my bedroom and waking me up. And I'm like wearing a t-shirt, nothing else. <laughs> and I'm just like face down on the floor of my bedroom, just naked except for the t-shirt, just clutching like a handle of vodka in my hand. Oh, and then, I guess I had just, just blacked out. Drunk yeah. gay Winnie the this Pooh. This is like at like two in the afternoon probably. Yeah. It was just just Donald Duck in my way through life. Um yeah, just like in little insane things like that. that yeah. just, you know, people don't do that. And then I guess the insanity of it all, just like in general, like just how much I was using and how, I don't know, I don't know how I did it for so long. Yeah. Not that I like, I mean, I got sober relatively early, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm just like surprised I didn't have like more health issues or was in the hospital or something. Yeah. I think another thing to be grateful for. Yeah. But yeah, I think just the insanity. It's like just a million little things over the course of years that I did or decided was a good idea or just, yeah, mostly just horrifically embarrassing Yeah, all, incidents. all of it's usually yeah. <laughs> The stuff I thought was a good idea in from <clears throat> my last six months of using to my first six months of being clean was tremendous. Yeah. Like the ideas I had. I was like, I remember going to argument with my grandmother my grandmother wanted to kick me out of the house for going to meetings. She was like, you're going to ruin my reputation in this what town. reputation? Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, sure, grandma. And so she got really mad. And my best thinking was like, I'm going to glue the lock shut. And Wait, what? <laughs> I, yeah. And I ran this by because she would like lock me out of the house weirdly. So I was like, oh, just break that lock. That's what I'll do. And makes sense. Makes total sense. Yeah. And I just have like somebody in the program happened to come into my like pet the pet store I worked in. They were like, Hey, how's it going? I was like, I'm really mad. And this is my ideas about it. And they were like, How about you not do that? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> How about no? Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. <a> bad idea. <laughs> you need those people in your life. Exactly. Just like no. <laughs> it's the same grandma you were telling me about before. Yeah, yeah. she's a fun time. She's a fun time at the movies. Yeah. She's just <laughs> Uh, she's a uh, she's a marriage and family therapist and a family full of stuff. <clears throat> yeah, you know, the alcoholism and codependency. And do you have a lot of family members who are sober? Any family members who are sober or no? In the just my dad. Okay, uh, who passed away, and then my mom uh, was in and out of jails and institutions my entire life. She was okay. like, "That's not for me." I was yeah. like, "Sure." Well. Um, and it's one of those bummers because when I hear the phrase like there are those unfortunates and I always wanted to hold out hope that there was no that wasn't a thing but I do know for my mom she had sort of decided that you know it's like it, it works though yeah <laughs> and this other thing you're doing it's not working <clears throat> yeah like um, but yeah my mom was a she was a fun lady she uh, did shit at like a year in joe arpaio's tent jail for uh-huh. duis <laughs> and i found out about it because um fun fact the postcards they sell there for the inmates to use uh have joe arpaio playing with dogs in the what used to be the regular jail uh-huh. it's now a state-of-the-art 
uh, uh, dog pound because they kept getting in trouble. The federal government, those dogs were just cooking to death out in Phoenix. Joe Arpaio likes dogs more than he likes criminals. So they swipped, they switched the arrangement. So they put people in tent jails <laughs> and put the dogs in the people jails. <laughs> well, that is one solution, I guess. a solution. Yes. And, um, and so uh, to add insult. So anyway, I come downstairs with this postcard. I know exactly what I'm looking at. <laughs> and I go, hey, Grandma, is Mom in jail? <laughs> And she goes, well, we weren't going to tell you about that. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> We're just going to let you, like, not see mom for a while? Oh, she's... Well, we, by that time, we weren't talking. Okay, uh, so... Because it had been... It, she, was, she was in a bad way. Yeah. And it was... Before I got clean, I... Um, uh, we got into a pretty, pretty gnarly physical altercation. Okay. So, um, uh, the... Uh, the effects of that were I just we just went our separate ways yeah so god bless her gnarly gnarly (laughs) I know right that's what sometimes people um, sometimes people they're like I don't like to be violent because of that incident yeah you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's like you know I don't want to there are some people that you know and even myself, to an extent, like, you know, like get a little tough girl swag. But it, it, what terrifies me is in the past, I could back that up. I don't think I could back it yeah. up now. <laughs> I remember my dad. <clears throat> this is a really funny thing. My dad had 21 years when he passed. Mm. And just before he passed, we went to a B.B. King concert at the San Luis Obispo um, uh, like repertory or something. It was... <laughs> <laughs> Some white people shit. <laughs> yeah, just, Obispo. just yeah, just some white people shit. Just like BB King. That's BB cool, King. Yeah. You know, it's just a lot of guys wearing their best Tommy Bahama. Yeah. like enjoy just living their just life, loving that jazz. And I don't know Blues. what happened, but somebody my dad didn't like very much got up, and my dad is so sick. He has Parkinson's so hard, and he he got up, and he was like talking shit, like he was gonna fight this dude, <laughs> and we were like. And, and he has this program friends with him and they're like Pablo sit down <laughs> <laughs> he's just like Ugh. like right it was the funniest thing <laughs> uh but I don't know why I'm digressing I'm very tired how do you make decisions um, do you make them the way I order a pizza n- not usually <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it I'm does like, I don't know everything um, I mean probably the way most people in recovery make decisions like running it by people in the program, sponsors, Mm -hmm. writing, meditating, that kind of thing. Writing's like a big thing for me. I like to, it helps me organize thoughts and emotions and making pros and cons lists and, you know, that old... The old, all the tools. Yeah, I got a sheet that's actually just like a pros and cons, like notepad. Whoa! like, Like, just like lined columns where you can just like make your little pros and cons all you all the post-it people out there and i know who you are you yeah. know who you are <laughs> you stationary lovers you get that That's yeah pretty cool yeah so I stuff like that. that i mean running it by people is great especially like i mean there's like a lot of people like even in my family like that are in the program too or like I, i'd say out of like my immediate family most people either like using dry or in the program like 
some degree of right like you would ask me that question i didn't reciprocate the question now you're saying it and i like that okay (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay thank you (laughs) um but my mom especially because you know she's um been in the program a while and helped me when i got sober and um we'll run stuff by each other all the time that's great there was a there was a funny period where um she had a sponsor for a while that was kind of having you know their own personal issues and couldn't wasn't kind of there being a great sponsor and was kind of distancing themselves and so my mom was like calling me constantly and like i was like the surrogate sponsor for a while it was kind of okay at first but like boundary wise it was it got to a point it was fine and nothing bad happened it was just mostly kind of funny yeah and then like there was one day where i'm like mom i love you but like you really need to get like a new sponsor (laughs) because like some of the stuff i don't think i'm equipped to help you with or maybe i'm not like the most neutral person um and she's like yeah you're probably right so it's like her funny story to tell and like my son was a sponsor for a month when i couldn't get (laughs) yeah that's very Uh, (laughs) so i am fortunate in that regard like son i try try. i'm the only one Mm. so but yeah decision making i don't really i don't tend to have a huge problem with decision making at this point i pretty much got a system going on and if i need help i ask for it um but I'm usually pretty good with decisions. Like I, I make it and like I go for it. I like that. It's not always the right decision, but like, you yeah. know, but why dwell in? The, yeah. Uh, I just, you know, I tend to invest, uh, when my program is lacking, I invest in like the circle jerk of like indecision. Yeah. And you can like spin like that forever yeah. and just nothing happens. Stupid. And, yeah. It's a waste of time. <laughs> it's a lot of talking to yourself in the shower. I mean, I did definitely watch you, like, <laughs> take, like, 15 minutes to decide what you wanted on your pizza. All these to, people were trying to close the store. <laughs> to be fair, they had all the toppings. They did have, like, a million toppings, and they, they told you it. you could get whatever you wanted on yeah. it, and it wouldn't cost extra. <laughs> they should have never said that. They should have been, like, each one of these to- toppings, even if they lied. Right. And they it were, like, just each helped. one of these toppings are two cents a piece. I'd have been yeah. like, all right, I'm going to limit myself. Uh, I 20 did toppings. <laughs> 20 <laughs> toppings. <laughs> I had all the But well, you were very nice. I mean, you didn't thank her for being so patient with you. <laughs> I tipped him like five bucks, yeah. too. I know I'm a nightmare. <laughs> I used to go into restaurants and be like, if the chicken fingers and the club salad got in a fight to the death. That's why you got to go to <laughs> restaurants with a fixed menu. Like yeah. a... Um, like uh, did I take your water? No, we're can we're we sharing it. Can okay, share I just want to. I didn't want to like. No, it's fine. I just didn't want to think that I like had taken your like abducted your water. No, that's fine. I just want to see if I can catch your leprosy. That's what okay, I'm doing right it's now. not contagious. I know. Okay. <laughs> just and one, and one bad moment with, on sh- with shingles earlier <laughs> when I was like, "What's <laughs> yeah? <laughs> What's he doing to himself?" And you're like, "No, it's not how shingles work." Yeah, Calm you're like down. blaming his life anyway. <laughs> being judgmental of shingles <laughs> Moving yeah, i was on. wrong it's a delight um oh, i can't edit that out <laughs> <laughs> anyway call natalie she's good at editing she'll help you out okay? yeah don't worry about it <laughs> take anything out um okay uh 
decisions. Uh, what is the the most uh, surprising thing you've learned about yourself so far? Um, like as far as getting sober, yeah, I think the most surprising, but then also not surprising thing is that I'm not better than everybody else, and I'm just a normal person. <laughs> What do you I, mean? Well, I know, right? I, I was like, he's for sure better than me, no. at the very least. <laughs> no. No. No, you're, um, that's a good, that, thank you for yeah, saying that. Yeah, like that whole a, arrogance and yeah. like feeling special and like I'm different. Even like I'm different than like other like addicts or anything. Like that whole ego thing. Yeah. Like I think that was, yeah, probably like the biggest... Yeah, I guess you could say a surprising thing. Like, you have to learn, you learn a lot about yourself when you go through yeah. you know, recovery. Um, <clears throat> I think, yeah, and then that I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't special. I wasn't the worst. I wasn't the best. So I was just like every other addict in the sense that I had a problem and yeah. needed to get help for it. Absolutely. It's just like the great equalizer. Yeah. That's what's great about like you know being in a community like that. It's you know can be you can be homeless or a doctor or the president or you could have a yeah. million dollars or zero dollars. Everyone's got the same problem and needs the same help. help. And so yeah. that's yeah, that's what I needed to hear. Yeah, <laughs> judgment, was judgment face over here. That's exactly what I needed to hear because we. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's that <laughs> reminder. God, because that switch flips in my head so quickly, so quickly, yeah, and it's so yeah. ingrained in me. You know, it's not, it's it's a it's a language in my family. Mm-hmm. Judgment is an open. It's the language of my family. And yeah. So to like really get into my recovery and shut that off and to not. It's be, hard because it's like it's such a in, like yeah ingrained habit. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta work on it. Well, and with roasting, I turned it into a monetary skill. Yeah, how'd that problem. work out? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's about the part of my brain I utilize the most for roasting is usually uh, criticism and judgment and yeah. reading someone's inventory. Oh. Yeah, because I get deep. everyone's favorite hobby. Yes, <laughs> I like basically for each roast battle, I write down what I really think of that person, and I write down, um, like I basically do kind of an MMPI. I do like an intake. Uh-huh. I basically do an intake, and so I collect all the information about the person that I can, including like an interview, and then I start like assessing them, and uh, living in that headspace for about a year straight. Uh, definitely uh, bruised my recovery yeah. a bit because it was it got to a point where um, as being re- being rewarded for tapping into my defects. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> so. Then then the question is, you know, how do I write these jokes from a place of um, fun again? Yeah. To because it's fun. There was fun. Yeah. There's still silly, silly fun jokes too. But then there's some where it's like. I'm going to hurt your feelings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hurt this person's feelings. I'm going to make you feel like I feel sometimes. Right. what it is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I and it came in, uh, you know, because the, the other person's doing a fair bit of that as well, you know. Yeah. And it came in, I think, somewhere after like the fifth or sixth, your parents are dead jokes, where I was just like, oh, 
<laughs> oh, you don't know who you're standing next to right now. <laughs> like, not that those jokes hurt my feelings. I joke about it. Yeah. You know, um, you saw me do it tonight. I did. Yeah. And it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like I'm able to talk about the experience of it. Um, but on the other hand, I, I something just snapped and I went into the dark hole. But yeah. The, you're the first person I've ever really told that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I could. I mean, that seems like an easy thing to do, especially when you're in that kind of environment where it's being fostered, that yeah. sort of thought process and mentality. It could get dark fast, especially yeah. if, you know, For people, people like, like us. us. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it, I imagine like if I were in that situation, I very quickly go from like zero to 60 and be like, fine, we're just going to burn this fucking place to the ground then. And we're all going down together. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Fuck everything. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck me. We're all just like, we're all going to die in here. (laughs) Um, I'm going to burn your house down. Yeah. Uh, But that's, uh, that's great. What was the moment where you're like, oh, other than like just admitting like, okay, we're all in this together. Have you, did you have like a, a big moment where you were like, oh, I'm just like that person. Um, trying to think. I think I had a lot of little moments like that, especially in the very beginning, um, like going to meetings and hearing people just talk and then talking to like, you know, counselors when I was in rehab, just like having like little epiphanies like here and there like slowly there was no like one big giant moment of like yeah. the light shining through it was like someone slowly opening a door right. where I could like you know that kind of thing um <clears throat> and i think it still kind of happens you know when you hear people talk and like even talking to you you know i it ma- always makes you think about like where you were like what you went through yeah kind of how you're feeling now yeah. all the things you learned it, you know it, it all just cycles through like when i like go to meetings or talk to people like kind of like like relive this whole like journey over and over again and you know try to pick out the good things and hold on yeah and not focus on the the drama or the 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 dark times (laughs) right right um Because there, yeah, you're right. There's sort of fetishizing the the dark time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's always fun stories to tell. Like, look at this thing I did when I was all crazy drunk. And yeah, <laughs> but you know, you don't want to. I think in my rehab they called it like no war stories, war like stories. don't glorifying the past kind of a thing. Yeah, because you get that with like a bunch of young people like in a rehab. Like, well, I did this and I did that, and it's like. Yeah. 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 Shut up, Flatbrim. I'm like, you didn't do anything. I'm like the only young person in there for like alcohol abuse. Everyone else is like strung out on heroin and stuff. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I guess I ain't that bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the part of it. I'm glad that they, you went to a rehab where they stepped in. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was like a very much like a, they didn't have like a ton of rules. I mean, there were rules, but like, we had time where we could leave the rehab to go like free time to like go to like the beach. It's like a very privileged rehab where I'm like in Santa Barbara on the beach. Like (laughs) (laughs) you can go have lunch, like at a restaurant if you wanted to, like with your family. My boyfriend at the time, like they let me go on like a, I was there in February. So we went on like a Valentine's day picnic he made for me. 
um, and it's like did random drug tests, but they weren't of the mentality of like we're gonna lock you down and you have to be right. here and here and here. But you had to go to your classes and you know be present, participate. But mm-hmm. they weren't gonna like hold your hand through the whole thing. Like you either want to be here or you don't, kind of a thing. Yeah, which I think worked for me because I definitely wanted to be there. Yeah, as opposed to people who maybe were mandated by maybe a court or something like that. Yeah, and I think too having worked in environments literally worked in one one environment where it started out real loosey goosey like you know if you want to be here it's fine we're here to support you, if you don't want to be here there's the door go yeah. do that to like over the course of a year um and it wasn't even a rehab it was a sober living there was just um more it was like every shift i would come in and there was like a new thing we had to uh, monitor yeah and <clears throat> somebody would get loaded and they'd be like how guys how could you guys not catch this and i'm like this is not the environment we all started to work at right and, and what i found is especially in an institutional environment a lot of times if people are looking for a way out they'll decide that, that the system is the problem right and they'll fight the system mm-hmm. and that was a, speaking of my mom that was her major thing is she's always fighting the man or the man was. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was fighting the man. And like, um, and I have a bit of that in my own recovery too, uh, or in my own using, where just rebellion, just like, well, fuck you then. And, um, and so it's really cool that you had that experience. Yeah. Where was... They were just like, you're here, you're not. Just don't be a dick. Well, I imagine it's the end that they kind of have to balance it between, you know, creating a safe space for all the patients right, right? safety and important. also realizing that no one's going to get sober unless they want to get sober really right so the really careful balance yes because you can't just have a dangerous environment for other people that are there and they can get hurt or you know yeah. you gotta i can't even imagine that's gotta be like a crazy crazy job <laughs> it's um i was thinking today i was actually going to say this on stage like it's it was interesting a lot of times there would be like right before I left, I was searching a bag and a young lady arrived and she had a stack of photos of her boyfriend's penis. Photos. Mm-hmm. Photos. Yeah. You know, not on a phone. Just like physical photographs. Pictures. Developed <laughs> pic- yeah. from a Rite Aid, you know. Um, and then uh, two butt plugs because apparently she had two buttholes. I don't know. We could, you know. Double up? Maybe were they different? It doesn't matter. <laughs> different shapes and sizes. I no, oh. they were pretty. I mean, I didn't examine them. It was too. a backup, you know. Backup. What if a dog chewed one up? Right. Well, we you never know. Dogs on site. Actually, <laughs> that was a possibility. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like they were, and definitely my first rehab job, I worked at a place where the for the kids of the rich and famous. So that was like a really different environment. And oh, we were, I'm sure really 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 well trained and because we had we could not fuck up these are litigious they start their sentences with may i speak to your manager right so um you know it was really and then there was like a weird thing where i realized i ended up you there's a lot of celebrity stories i can't tell because of hipaa that are hilarious (laughs) um it's sort of why when people are like you met a famous person and i'm like yeah i've also met their kids (laughs) (laughs) and uh they're not fun (laughs) um so yeah so it's a lot of it is an interesting it's an interesting thing but i you know i was it was weird 
working in a rehab because I didn't get clean in one. But okay. I'm familiar with the environment. Yeah. So it's a it's a crazy thing, but it sounds like from what you're describing that they had a great balance. Yeah, no, I definitely liked the place mm-hmm. where I went and my mom like researched a bunch and um She did it right. Yeah. She didn't, you're her mom, son. Yeah, she was, she's a nurse. <laughs> she that's... would drive out there all the time and like bring me cartons of cigarettes and like Diet Coke and Aww. um you know that you know what a good whole thing. I know, Jeez. right? <laughs> now the new thing is like <clears throat> I would uh, gals would call their parents and be like i need you to venmo me some money right a lot like money. i didn't that wasn't really around when but i was had a red bull and cigarettes yeah. and i need you to venmo me some money <laughs> literally how one of them used to talk venmo me like, some i just money. like mom i need you to send me some money yeah i gotta go, you know can you drive me to the western union <laughs> Okay. Uh, every time I think of a Western Union, it just makes me think of drugs or like something bad. Because it's just like no one's ever Western Union money for a good reason. Like Ex- maybe one out of a hundred. Yes. Like other times it's like some shady ass shit. E- every single time. Like, you know. It's- <laughs> they want to stop drugs coming in from Mexico. What they need to stop is Western Union. They need Union. to shut down they Western shut Union. That's like the <laughs> drug financial highway. <laughs> just. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man i've been wanting to say this i met a lady in san francisco I was doing comedy i met a lady who uh researches violence in mexico mm-hmm. and uh we had a really good conversation and i was like what do you think the answer is and she was talking i mean they were the stuff she was describing was horrendous yeah and um she researches crime statistics and they have to do it up in Berkeley because they have to be far away from Mexico to right. do it like <clears throat> in a safe environment. Yeah. And uh, so she said to me, um, if you want to stop violence in Mexico and you want to stop, you want to slow immigration and you want to change poverty uh, as far as the border is concerned, uh, stop buying illegal drugs yeah because when you buy illegal drugs in the united states uh you are basically killing people in mexico yeah and i was like why did they never say that at the rehabs i worked at that should be <laughs> right? on us that should be why on isn't a that in the dare program she's <laughs> a crying mexican child <laughs> nancy reagan never said shit about that that's so real though that's so real yeah. because that's the that's what's funding that violence yeah so that's why people argue in favor of legalizing and- everything just to stop yeah. the criminal empire that it builds exactly it's probably a combination of those two things yeah you know it's still there's still people growing weed on national park land right <laughs> you don't need to do that probably not no get a permit yeah come on <laughs> come on skeeter or whatever they call you get a permit there's a lot of opinions on this version of the podcast i need some sleep okay it's turning political let's get political um uh what is the most uh no i did that one okay do you f- <laughs> Anna on her A game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> on her A A game, um, falling apart. Okay, do you feel like uh, people know you? Like, what do you feel like your level of honesty and intimacy is? Um, I'm pretty honest, like in the sense that, well, there's things I. It's a hard question to answer. I know, right? Because it's like. Mm. 
I wouldn't say I lie in the sense of like being deceitful, but I do withhold information I think would be hurtful or certain things. I just don't think I need to say or that kind of thing. You have a filter? Yeah. Like usually, (laughs) usually sometimes (laughs) not so much, but um, yeah, I think honesty, I mean, it has to be a big part like being honest with yourself and others like is kind of like one of the first steps of yeah um you know getting sober but um yeah i'd say i'm i'm pretty good about it not perfect nobody's perfect but yeah um i definitely try my best and which is interesting because of my job where you have to deal with like clients that are very demanding and you have to kind of say and do and treat them in certain ways that maybe isn't a hundred percent honest because they need to be like coddled yeah Yeah. that kind of thing so that's interesting as far as like my work life goes but i never feel like it's never like that dishonesty that like made you feel ashamed or guilty that kind of thing i'm not like stealing money or like hiding um you know shit from people that i I did when i was like you know drinking you know like you do like it's all just one big like trying to catch up with all the lies and stay on top of everything that whole exhausting game that's like thank god that shit's over (laughs) it's got time for that (laughs) it's exhausting when you were first uh sober did you ever catch yourself in sort of what i call the big fish conversations where everyone's kind of I struggled with that. Wait, what is? What do you mean by that? Sort of uh, um, um, exaggeration or embellishment, like, like um, you know when you'd be in rehab and there's this one guy who's just telling a story, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, "Fucking Dave, that never happened." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Now I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, um, I'm trying to think back on it. It feels like a million years ago now. It is a million years ago now. Um, but I'm sure I did. It was forever ago. Yeah. I mean, who ever thought Trump would have been president and things were... Right. Um, yeah, I'm sure I did. I'm trying to think of like specific instances, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, honestly, things it's like, it's a, it's something you have to be like mindful of all the time. Yeah. You know, um, because you want to be honest and you want to be straightforward with people. Um, you also don't want to like, you know, be like, take it to such an extreme that you're hurting other people unnecessarily Yeah, when there's no, you know, no reason for it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to walk up to everyone. I see it like a stand up show and be like, that really fucking sucked. <laughs> you're so sweet. You know, like there was the one guy on stage. I almost like leaned over. I'm like, has he been on for like 45 minutes or is it just me? Cause this is like excruciating. I know what guy you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> it felt like an eternity, but I'm sure like, cause I've seen like, like, you know, everyone has their moments. You never know what yeah. someone's going through. You never know how someone's night's been. It's, it's easy to judge and just decide things and move on when you don't, I'm sorry. I'm super distracted by like this giant spider that's crawling across your wall by your bed. <laughs> Anyways, we've had it's, crickets it's over there now. Today has been crickets, <clears throat> spiders, and bees, I, and I fought a bee. Fought a bee. I fought a bee. It was coming yeah. for me. But um, 
what about you like with honesty like how do you approach it because i know some people that are just like 100 percent like you have to be like completely honest open about every single thing to a fault where i think it defeats the purpose of like what the intention or maybe the instruction of the program means I but think i do that naturally okay <laughs> I, uh there's nothing spiritual behind it there's nothing conscious behind it i'm an overshare okay and i think that the but way, i've never seen you being like malicious or no but i will like occasionally really hurt someone's feelings yeah. and one thing that i do that i really need to watch out for it's bit me in the ass real hard recently is that um i tend to share information because i've verbally process a lot of stuff mm -hmm. um i write things down and i call my sponsor and i pray and i meditate but there's something for me in the act of talking it out that one addict helping another yeah. thing that's so important and what i found is is i have to be very selective about who those people are right and i knew that in the program and then i started doing comedy and i sort of hit reset on a lot of the lessons I had learned in the program. Yeah. And because I, you know, I had always, and I, and I overshared what I struggle with too, is like keeping information in that I should keep in, um, either about myself or others. So, um, gossip was a big problem and I had to, um, I, I don't like actively engage. I dwell. I mean, I, when I slip into that defect, I'm like, Oh hey, I should moonwalk out of this conversation. Right, yeah. Um, but what I found is that through kind of just talking things out with a friend, I would lose tabs on information that wasn't uh, fair to lose tabs on. Okay. And I recently had to say like, there was an an incident where I had to ask a gal to not use a certain amount of information in a comedy way i was like uh -huh. i told you this in a program way i did not tell you this in a comedy way right please do not use it in a comedy way and she used it in a comedy way and i said hey uh this thing you did you just did that remember the thing i asked you twice not to do you did the thing and um i had to speak up for myself because that was important i also i also had to tell another person involved so like hey so i told this person this thing <laughs> and um and he called me out on it and it was really uncomfortable because yeah. I tried to talk my way around like this is a defect I participated in. And then I finally was just like, yeah, you're right. I did the thing. Yeah. And I'm sorry. How can I make it right? How can I make it yeah. right is really, I've really, I think the worst amends I gave that everyone gives was I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings right. or I'm sorry if the thing I did caused you harm. Anytime if is in your amends, go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's like, conditional. Conditional. Exactly. <clears throat> so it's, I did a thing. It caused you harm. How can I make it right? That fucking simple. And I've had to really, in the last couple of years, as I, ch you know, move and change with the moves, with the way my life is changing. Yeah. To really just occasionally just sit down and say to a person, I fucked up, I caused harm, how can I make it right? And that for some people can be really disarming. And usually they're like, oh, wow. And then sometimes what I've found in the last couple of years is um, 
sometimes it takes that person a minute. And in the early days of my recovery, I would not be okay because mm-hmm. codependency is a motherfucker of a defect. Right. I would not be okay until I knew that person had forgiven me. And now um, I get to just sit on my hands and let my higher power do with those relationships whatever is supposed to be done. Right. Like really getting into that mindset of if it's not God's will, it didn't happen. Or if it is God's will, it happened. Yeah. So just uh, it's shut up and you know, letting letting go. Just let it go. Just let, let it go, Anna. Let it go. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. Um I've never even seen that movie. Uh <laughs> but the um it's been it's been a, a gnarly adjustment. And that's yeah. why it was so nice meeting you in the world of comedy. Cause I was like I could tell immediately I was like, Oh, this is a person that like a you're a little more grown up in mm-hmm. recovery so i don't have to like explain some of that stuff too right and b um you get it like you get it in a way that you really live it and i was like okay that's cool and i got all that in like a very quick like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get this because when i meet somebody and i know like you ever meet somebody and you're like, oh, this relationship's going to get real complicated. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I like this person <laughs> and they like me, but in like six months, they're not going <clears> to <throat> like me as much as they did now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, you can tell and yeah. you can like feel it sort of like the progression of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, what I don't know, I was trying to explain this to Stuart, is that what I don't know is how to create an appropriate distance between people immediately where it's like, oh, this is the appropriate distance, right? Don't mm-hmm. get crazy enmeshed right away. Right. What I do is I jump in head first with every, and you can see it. You can see it in an open mic or you can see it in a meeting. I, t- I talk to every single person. Like, we've all been best friends right. for fucking ever. <laughs> and this is not how I feel. I'm like, Anna knows everybody. I d- and I can't turn it off. I can't turn it off. I'm like the goddamn welcome wagon. <clears throat> and it's not that I don't love everybody I come in contact with. Yeah. But it can be it's disruptive in a public setting. It can be... Uh, <laughs> well, getting shushed. Getting shushed. <laughs> like, I can't help people like me. But also, I'm loud. Like, I'm a loud person. Yeah. I have to own that part. You keep talking about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's a, that's a long way to... You were interviewing the fuck out of me, Jared. You're just spilling it all out. I'm so tired. <laughs> so, this is going to be the weirdest episode. Um but yeah, that's been, uh, as far as the, that level of honesty, what I need is honesty and a filter. Yeah. Well, and the, I think in the comedy community, not that I'm like a part of it, Yeah. but I've been around enough to like, at least observe how like almost incest, it's so incestuous and like gossipy sort of high school vibe. Yeah. Not that like I'm. I'm not shitting on it, but no, it, does, it is very... You're not wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does seem like it, it would be very easy to get hurt or to hurt other people or just by yeah. saying the wrong thing or, you know, because yeah. everyone's talking to someone else about whatever someone else did and like all this drama. <laughs> like I had a guy, I'm going to keep it real minimal, but I basically was, I was in another city and another club and it was a club and it's mm-hmm. like an a club it's yeah. a good club it's a club i should want to do and i offended a booker <laughs> <laughs> and i couldn't quite figure out why 
And then I found out from other people like the things that I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't aware of like the unspoken rules. Um, and uh, like like this person yelled in my face and then slammed a door. And he slammed the door so hard, but the door didn't get like a good, it had like a stopper on it to yeah. prevent noise. So when he slammed it, it just made a lot of air and blew my hair back like a cartoon. <laughs> And then, like, three or four men around me, like, all, like, shrunk their bodies. And they sort of, like, turned away, like, she wears the scarlet now. <laughs> right. And I was like, what's occurring? <laughs> I was like, Wait, what? Yeah, what madness was, is What this? madness is this? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't catch up to how quickly this person hated me. Right. <laughs> I could not catch up to it. And I was like, yeah. I was like, whoa. And, um. And at first I was offended and I went out and I was like, the, the, I told the people I was with, like, this is what happened. And one of them ended up like tweeting because it was just a funny, we're just not used to a small community. It's like small town recovery. Right. Like I got clean in a real small thing. So if you say a thing, everyone knows it. So I, I learned a really interesting thing about the traditions and professionalism and that like, don't make a silly Facebook post. Yeah. <laughs> about um even in a vague sense about the way you've been treated because uh, then some people like were really like i had to message them like well, why did you say that right it's not i wasn't even talking a thousand like i had <clears throat> to be like hey bro this thing is not like hey and then and then i realized like it's me for it's my i was messy just a sloppy bitch. Just a sloppy bitch that day. Just a sloppy <laughs> it bitch. happens to the best of us. And I woke up the next morning and I sent a dude an email and I was just like, hey, clearly I've caused harm. I, it was literally, I think we got off on the wrong foot. I apologize for offending you. Not if I offended you. Yes. I offended this person. Right. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> there was no question. <laughs> offended the fuck out of this yeah. man. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry if I, I'm sorry that I offended you. And if there's any way I can make it right, please let me know. Thank you for bringing the quality of the video I sent to you to my attention. This is actually another video I send out more regularly. And if you're ever in Los Angeles, I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee or a beer, whatever it is that you would prefer, yeah. you know, just a gesture of goodwill. Right. And, um, and the rest is out of my hands, but yeah, it was, you can't, you don't have any control over the rest of it. You so I have no just, control over the rest of it. It's really out of my hands. And I just have to have faith that that's going to be okay. Yeah. But there was a part of my well, it's brain. like the relationship you have with your higher power, that kind of thing. Am I skipping ahead? Sorry. No. Well, you're talking about ahead. me. You're talking about, okay. well, we can skip ahead on me. We don't talk about you. I'm talking too much about me. <laughs> How do you uh, deal with fear and anxiety? Very well. <laughs> <laughs> he says, as he scratches his arm. Am I he's uh, like, twitching? He's like <laughs> um, I go through um, like a process yeah. with negative emotions that I have. Like when they creep up, whatever, whatever it may be, I always try to just identify it, acknowledge it. <clears throat> try to find out maybe where it's coming from if anywhere and then just kind of embrace it and then like meditate maybe a bath just yeah. like certain things i can do to just 
Self-care. Remain calm. Yeah. And try to figure it out. Just like work through it without trying to shove it down or ignore it. Because then it tends to become worse or it turns into something else. And I'm like lashing out and having to make amends. Yeah. Usually to my mother. Really? Because like, I'll just be in such a dick sometimes. You'd be like, hi, I'm calling you to check in. Yeah, that kind of thing. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I... I just trying to, I think, mostly be aware and just sort of embrace it mm-hmm. um, is important for me. Because um, if I hide or try to ignore it, it just gets like a million times worse. Yeah. So, yeah, self-care and then just actively working through it, um, like with intent and maybe some like an attempt at tranquility. Yeah. Um, yeah, usually works. Sometimes it doesn't and you just kind of have to ride it out like a you know (laughs) 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 this too shall pass yeah exactly (laughs) i hate this yeah but no usually it's um not too much of a struggle but i mean it's everyone has to deal with it Mm -hmm. and i think being in recovery you are given tools and you have to learn you kind of have to deal with it or it turns into resentment or it turns into you using or drinking again or whatever so i think it's just slightly we're just slightly more aware of it and more actively try to um resolve it yeah because we have to i think yeah in order to you know live (laughs) in order to be okay (laughs) yeah get through these other questions what number are we on uh we're on seven okay what defects do you have to work on the most um i think like ego and arrogance Mm -hmm. i think are my biggest ones just you're a very smart guy well that's not helping my ego or my arrogance (laughs) i can see work with me anna (laughs) I can see how you you jumped into this thing and <clears throat> and then you were like, ah oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just um, yeah, ego, arrogance, f- feelings of superiority that are not based in on anything besides my own warped view of the world. <laughs> you know, so yeah. which does not make it true. <laughs> like, what does that look like for you? Um, I, I think just, it's. <laughs> oh for me mostly it, at this point is um meeting new people immediately judging them and then dismissing them really yes okay that's like that's a, i've is actively ex- worked on is it like external things like oh man this person dresses like a garbage bag or is um, it, is it's it, not usually an external thing it's usually i will decide someone's entire life and personality after like 45 seconds of talking to them okay and yeah no <laughs> i get it such a horrifying thing to do to somebody the, um that is the that is the the muscle i tapped into for roast battle over and over and over yeah mm-hmm. so that actively like mm-hmm. you know yeah working through that and yeah you know not everyone is here to entertain me or <laughs> to get along with me or to like me and yeah so actively just trying to be kind and open and understanding and then just letting the rest just happen and not prejudging yeah every single person situation i find myself in yeah it's so hard 
Yeah, it's and um, it's also it's, like freeing. Yeah, no, it's great when you can just kind of let go of all that. But mm-hmm. I still find myself doing it sometimes. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> there's just fucking bugs all over this room. <laughs> and they're not. You keep looking at them, and I feel like it's going to be like something horrifying. And it's just a cricket. It's you a cricket. need to control your facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't realize how big it was. Yeah. No, I did try to squish him. No, their crickets are fine. Yeah, he's fine. So if you guys hear any crickets. Yeah, that's just um, Anna's infestation. <laughs> it's just. No, um, I've I've got like tons of crickets in my apartment. They're just like everywhere right now. Yeah, they're really, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, definitely like ego, arrogance. Um also like maybe not accepting oh being able to admit that i'm wrong that's a big one yeah that i have had to work on um that i'm still working on to be 100 yeah. percent honest it's i'll never be like perfect or okay i think it's always a process there's, which is you know yeah, there's no perfect yeah okay is the thing okay is the thing and yeah um the brilliant thing is when i try to be perfect and when i try to never be wrong that's usually when i'm fucking up the most oh yeah and so once i just get reflexively into that like i've caused harm how can i make it right just like over and over and over again i've caused you harm how can i make it right you know uh that's been that's been really freeing and it stinks because sometimes it's uncomfortable. Most yeah. of the time it's uncomfortable. Yeah. That's not like a mm-hmm. fun thing to do, but it's. No. Especially when you really fuck up. Oh, like, yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Where there's was... like no blame anywhere, but just on you, just like 100%. Hum- <laughs> like, human <laughs> with a capital H. Yeah. Just like, ooh, <laughs> this is not feeling good. <clears throat> so, but I appreciate that. That's. What's your most, speaking of amends, uh, what has been your most surprising amends? I think my mom, because we made our amends to each other at the same time. Whoa. At the uh, junkyard in Simi Valley. What? Which I know you've been there, right? Yes. The- <laughs> what? Okay, I'm going to describe the junkyard. So you had this emotionally intimate spiritual moment. Yeah. Correct. I'm imagining it was very yeah it was, it was nice it wasn't like a huge like sobbing crying like falling in each other's arms kind well, of thing well that's good because there's like bikinis a, on the walls yeah there, it's definitely and uh, license plates and it's a like, shit show of a restaurant it, <laughs> it, it looks like patient zero of every Applebee's yeah no it's like it's it, it just like all the kitsch in the world just vomited into that restaurant and it's just yeah the but, the menu <laughs> the, the menu is a binder with a handwritten like handwritten yeah just page after page of page handwritten like madness yeah and not they wrote one and then photocopied it they're Each all different individual there's little written. doodles and weird things weird and things and ever you never you never know what you're looking at in that menu and they all start on the dessert page yeah like a bunch of alcoholics <laughs> they have a thing there called a lasagna calzone where they take a piece of lasagna 
They wrap it in the dough of a calzone and then they deep fry it. I think I've never ordered it because I've never hated myself that much. But I imagine that's, I guess you could bake it. Kyle Clark and I rose, like sat behind the Verzies while he ate one of those. And I ate something that was best described as just period food on a plate. Just salt and vinegar chips with yeah. like weird things. And it was pretty fun. Yeah, no, that's where we did it. Um, because our men's was just more just like, because you know, being like, you know, parented child, there's just so much that happened. You can't sit there and like go through yeah. every little event and like. Right. It was more of a like up until this point, we'd both like made amends for like all the shit we did, just got it all out there, and then you know, dedicated to going forward, like you know, living amends, like, yeah, with our relationship with each other. Oh, that's um, so sweet. Because I definitely, when I was like, like deep in my addiction and like totally just lost in like feeling sorry for myself and blaming the world for everything, I definitely blamed her the most for my like having a drinking problem. Right. Because she had a drinking problem. So I'm like, well, that's why I drink. And right. it's her fucking fault. And I'm going to look all at her and none at me. Yep. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do so yeah so I definitely just like blamed her for everything mm-hmm. for sure so that, that was like the main thing I like made amends for was like that as opposed to like you know being a shitty drunken teenager and causing mayhem but yeah and then you know she made her amends for all the crap she did and it was great because I think it helped a lot in my sobriety being able to get through all that like yeah. I, I think how like if I if she hadn't gotten sober, would I have when I did, or would it have been as like sort of um, not easy, but um, therapeutic as it was, like being able to do that together? Right. You know what I mean. So I'm I'm very grateful that it's a really special experience. Yeah. So and she's always oh my god she like loves we go to like events like a hey, bingo and stuff like that. Yeah, we've got to go next year um, or like the you know committee meetings for like the convention they throw and stuff like that oh, nice. and like she was introducing me to people it's like her son oh, she's and then proud of you. yeah and then people will be like oh he just seems so well like nice and put together like and she's like yeah he's been sober for this long and like it's like mm. a whole big thing for her Aww, <laughs> which is cute so cute um but yeah no it's um it's been good and then i um yeah, I, you know, made amends to friends and, um, like Kyle and made amends to him. Mostly, I, I remember specifically apologizing if he had ever been in a car with me where I was driving because I <laughs> probably put his life in danger. Wow. Um, like stuff like that, you know, but I think my mom was like definitely the heaviest and like most profound one. And yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And then there's like, you know, all the other fun little like financial amends and yeah. the, all the living amends you do. And, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a very interesting process to go through. It's to like go through and like inventory and then like start like just apologizing and like making, trying to make everything right yeah. from all the crap you did. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it, it indicates a level of, forgiveness for yourself and your situation yeah because you have to get i've always feel like that's the first amends you have to make because if yeah. you can't get past like what you did yourself and like uh, 
you know, you're not going to be able to, I don't, for me at least, I wouldn't be able to fully, I wouldn't be fully engaged, I think, yeah. in the rest of the process. Totally. Um, How do you experience forgiveness? Um, I'm, pr- now I'm pretty good at letting things go, especially with other people. I tend not to take things personally mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm pretty good at like, I don't need everyone to like me. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I just don't take things to heart that I think are, I would have like when back, back before I got sober, everything was like, oh, I just dwelled on everything. You know, even if it's like totally not about me, like, yes. which most things are not about yes. me. <laughs> Oh my God, you're speaking you know, the language. <laughs> it's always like going through it like over and over yeah. and over again in your head. And it's like, you know, if you ask the person, they'd be like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, exactly. I don't even remember. I literally <laughs> apologized to somebody uh, for uh, being salty when they checked my ID uh-huh. almost a year ago. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey man, just so you know, I was like, just in case I made a wrong impression and also... Like, I'm, I know you were just doing your job. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Have you been thinking about that for that long? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Like, every time I see yeah, you, I think about that. Maybe you owe yourself an apology <laughs> for putting yourself through that bullshit. So crazy. <laughs> but yeah, no, forgiveness is, I think, um, for me, difficult at first. But like, once it kind of clicks and you understand what it is and what you're letting go and like you're managing your expectations. It's very freeing and very yeah. liberating and it creates a very peaceful internal environment. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Peaceful internal environment. <laughs> oh, like My that. pie. Did you learn that at rehab? No, I just made that up. Oh had, my god, letters worked. <laughs> That's perfect. Like somewhere Gary Busey was like, "Pa!" Like right. he was so <laughs> so into it. He got really excited. Um, what does your recovery look like for you on a day to day? You told me you didn't go to enough meetings. Yeah, no, I like definitely like later in my sobriety, like stopped going to like, meetings all the time and that yeah sort of thing. Um, do you but, have like a home group? No, I've been going back. I, I moved to to a different neighborhood now, and mm-hmm. there's meetings that are actually within walking distance of my apartment. They're just like there's like little churches on the corner of my yeah. street, so I can just walk down to meetings yeah. now. So I've been checking those out, um, like after work and stuff when I can yeah. go. Um, and I've tried a few here and there. Nothing's really clicked as far as like a moving like, in recovery can be very tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been going more often than I was before and you know, it's um on a day to day basis I think just besides like meetings, just being mindful um mm-hmm. of how I'm feeling and behaving, treating other people, um that kind of thing. Just um like it's easy to kind of be on autopilot and just kind of like float through your day and not be aware of what's going on or your emotions, your interactions. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that can definitely get you into, gets me into trouble. Yeah. Um, 
and I get to a place where I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, why do I feel like this? Like, yeah. <laughs> why do I feel like this for me? It's why yeah. do I feel like this? And why is everyone yelling at me? Right. Like, like what? I like, yeah. is it curb your enthusiasm day? Right? What's happening? <clears throat> Everyone's so mad. And then I realize, oh, I've just been careless and self-centered in yeah. some way. <laughs> so if you don't have any good meetings, let me know. Actually, I'm like I'm out this share, way more. Yeah. I'm going to share one with you. Uh, there was a hot tip. I was at a comedy club, uh, this last weekend and uh i had a kind of embarrassing moment where my uterus attacked and right. i had to wash my pants in a sink <laughs> so i was kind of off kilter to begin with yeah and so i was like having a little bit of a roller coaster of a night and i mentioned it to somebody and he was like hey are you uh are you in the program and i was like yeah are you and he lives in this neighborhood and he recommended a meeting like, strongly recommended and talk about a god shot Homeboy was like, yeah, totally get it. Uh, his spleen, he'd been in an accident and his spleen had ruptured mm-hmm. like less than a year ago. Wow. And so he was like, yeah, you know, I had some health problems too and you're good through this. And then took the time to find me on Facebook and then message me like really encouraging things about like how to get through surgery. Oh, that's really cool. I know. <laughs> I was like, and he's like, there's a great meeting. It's right by where you live. You should go. And I was like, this is a really good dude yeah. to introduce you. Because I, I hit up that Friday night one that you know about yeah. a few times, but that oh, one's a little... So fashionable. That one's a little messy. Yeah. <laughs> it's super crowded, too. Like, super crowded. If you get there, like, you have to get there like an hour early to even get a seat. Yes. And it's a lot of rehabs. Yeah. A lot of very pretty young people that is and i'm yeah. like it's very all very distracting <laughs> it's, yeah it's a lot the the meeting yeah but it's, it's interesting to go to different meetings and yeah. feel the different vibes and the different energies and yeah because like when i first got sober i was and when my first sponsor was all out in like simi valley and thousand oaks there's a lot of good recovery out in simi yeah. valley i almost say it it's my mom lives out there so yeah she's like got her she holding it her, down. oh yeah she's got like few sponsees and she's got her meeting she goes to mm-hmm. and i'm always hearing about all her sponsees i'm like mom i think you're oversharing these people's personal lives to me but <laughs> i'm glad i can well like, i have to see these people sometimes exactly. <laughs> i don't need all the, <laughs> this dirt <laughs> just imagine you show up and your eyes are just huge like, right. uh, I'm like oh that's uh, oh, no it's not yeah not no, that bad no but, not that bad but no, it's good to have, um, I definitely need to find some regular meetings mm-hmm. close to where I am now. Um, I literally have made a rule with myself because now I know me. Yeah. I'm not going to go to meetings. I used to do this when I first moved to Southern California. People do this a lot. They're like, I live in Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. but I like meetings in Hollywood. Right. Which so makes no sense. <laughs> I'm going to drive a hundred miles <laughs> and it's like. What are you doing? Yeah, you go can to find the local thing, stuff. It's g- like, go to the thing close to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I've really learned to be uh, more practical. There's a, a thing in the NA book where they say if it's not practical, it's not spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a very simple thing. Yeah, it is. It makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. So, well, we'll, we'll find you some meetings. Yeah, You're I'll be I, I go to a Tuesday I mean, meeting. I have so many people in my life that are in the program anyway i'm like checking in every day no matter what yeah so it's not like i'm I'm definitely not like isolating or you know that kind of thing so i don't um 
You don't have to freak out about it. I'm not gonna freak I know, out I can feel. <laughs> okay. I need to go to meetings too. I mean, like, I need to. I know, to, we all. Yeah. We all do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I've been on, like, the planning committee for, like, the Ventura mm-hmm. AA convention, which is, like, a whole, if you ever, like, being of if service. you're ever bored and you want to see a nice, nice little sobriety shit show, watch 30 <laughs> drunks try to plan a fucking convention. Because there are a lot of opinions, <laughs> and it is fun to watch. Yeah, it's like let's watch sobriety in action. Everyone just making amends to each other, and like <laughs> that's it's so fun. funny. But I didn't know it's fun. It's it's it was cool to like be on that for a few years, a couple years. Yeah, um, my mom still does it, even though every year she goes, "This is the last fucking year I'm doing this committee." <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. I've been on, and I've done like some panels, some speaking panels, mm-hmm. like in sober livings and rehabs and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's always trying to grab you when you're young and sober because they're yeah. like, oh, the kids will get you. You're in your 20s. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All the kids are just like, if they could, if you could hear an eye roll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> They don't give a shit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, you know, it's about, it's about just sharing the message yeah because if five percent of the message can get in then done deal yeah you know and i've taken people to meetings that have just come up to me um like just comedy people won't Mm -hmm. name names Mm -hmm. but have been like hey well you go to like can i go to a meeting with you i'm like sure so i've taken people to meetings a few times and you know stuff like that it's nice to be able to like you know be approachable at least and yeah to have people feel comfortable and it's like yeah take you to a meeting yeah it's amazing stuff like that we get some coffee we listen mm-hmm. to some p- fucked up stories and <laughs> exactly talk a little shit have a little fun yeah yeah what is your relationship with your higher power like what is my relationship with my higher power like that's a hard thing to explain yeah. kind of it's well, an interesting like, what is question. The experience of it. Experience of it. It's always for me. It's always manifested itself in um, just like a, a huge amount of trust and a huge amount of just being able to like do what I can, you know, like on my side of the street, mm-hmm. and then just like being able to like let everything go and trust that it's going to be okay one way or the other. It's going to work itself out. So I think it's just like having something that you can just like one hundred percent like trust unconditionally and just like know that things will work out the way they're meant to work out. Yeah. That kind of thing. I never had like a, like a deity thing. Like some people come in with religion. So they kind of have like their thing going for them already. Yeah. Like I kind of had like, you you have to kind of create it from scratch if you're not working with anything. Like, like, (laughs) there's a freedom in that. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of whatever I want it to be. So it's not like a, person or like a thing it's more of a a power that just since i'm like powerless over most things like that's what i give it over to and like can trust yeah um which is very freeing and a simple idea of a higher power yeah i don't try to make it too complicated i don't try to explain it too much i don't try to again if it's not practical it's not spiritual yeah yeah so yeah what about you some similar thing yeah. of like you know i just kind of totaled up a collection of experiences and i was like oh well there's a thing yeah and i've i've experienced like i've had moments where i've f- 
felt the presence of my higher power or where stuff's lined up in a really fun way. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, cool. And not just positive stuff. You know, I think one thing I've been practicing over the last two years, especially is like, thank you for the things I didn't get because the things I didn't get are also a gift. Right. You know, and just really, um, what I need to do, this is real talk is my, I found out I hurt my hips Mm -hmm. and, um, my meditation regimen was a very physical activity. Okay. And so I would run and I would do all this karate stuff and it was all of my meditation was very physical and, um, a little intense and now I don't have that. And so there was a first. You just take care of your old hips. Just got to take They're care like of an old golden retriever. It's kind of like dysplasia. the hip dysplasia. I guess. <laughs> Lady dysplasia. Um, oh, that sounds like. Ugh. So you're like having to shift into a more like. Yeah. Yoga. Still. Does yeah. that. Do you. Did you do the active meditating thing because you can't sit, like, be still and quiet? Because I know a lot of people can't have a problem with that. I have two modes, um, 110% and passed out. There's, like, no, (laughs) there's no in-between. The in-between is the thing you've been listening to for the past hour or so. It's just me being like, woo, and then I'm, like, going to pass out. And um, so there is, I don't moderate in that way very well. Balance is very difficult for me. And I think that... When I'm in a state of balance, it's the closest I get to serenity because it's like, oh, things aren't super hard. I'm not crazy exhausted. Yeah. There's no, I'm not like running some weird anxiety, fear, resentment program in the background. Some yeah. malware. It's just, yeah, just like that. Shit that's just spinning just back spinning there. Spinning back there. You know, uh, if you're listening to this and you're not an addict and you're like, what do you mean? Um, it's sort of, it is like malware. It's like you're doing your regular every day to day. And then every once in a while you're like, fuck Karen. And yeah. then you just go on. Yeah. There's just some malicious shit just in the background <laughs> that no one knows about but you. Exactly. And you're like, I'm not, and one thing I have learned how to do is it's really hard for that stuff to exist when I talk about it. So, or hard. Yeah. It's really hard for that stuff to exist when I just say it. Yeah. And um, not to Karen. There's no Karen, by the way. I just like the idea of like talking shit to a woman named Karen. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but the like, what did Karen ever do? Who's Karen? <laughs> um, but the the thing is, is like uh, when the doctor was very clear with me, you don't do this anymore. I spun out for a little bit. Yeah, and I was really freaked out and really agitated yeah, it's and really like shifting your whole routine and that's like we don't <sighs> tend to do well with that and on the heels of doing some stuff in comedy that was really intense and yeah. like on the heels of like for whatever reason my uterus is betraying me right <laughs> revolting against revolting you. against <laughs> <laughs> trying to kill itself inside your own body. Like, I'm like if Cersei Lannister had the five kingdoms just like in her. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like, where are these new kings coming from? Uh, so have you been trying the more still calm meditation I went, stuff? We did this funny thing with my sponsor. This is a funny story. My sponsor and I, so my sponsor has done a lot of like Buddhist meditation and what she did, and it's so funny because what she'll do is she'll go to like a, meditation class taught by Buddhists mm-hmm. and they um, sh- but she gave me this sort of like caveat of like also some of these places want you to join okay don't 
join a cult. Right. And then like gave me like the five things that define a cult. And if you see these things, fucking run. Yeah. And so we, in my neighborhood, I was walking along and there was a Buddhist temple and there were like free meditation classes. And I was like, oh, cool. So I called my sponsor. She's like, I want to try ch- that chanting kind of meditation, that really aggressive, like, not aggressive, like just, just like chanting. Yeah. Because that would be, and for me, with my very active right. meditation, that makes sense. That would be a good plan. So have we, a mantra. Have a mantra. So we meet up. Fuck Karen. Fuck Karen. Fuck Karen. Fuck Karen. <laughs> Actually, you can tell it's very funny. I do this little like prayer every day in my journal, and there is a section that's like, "And God bless." And the thing <laughs> is, is like, if I'm saying "And God bless that person," I hope they have everything they want in their life. Um, I am doing what I can to get over resentment because yeah. I because I really do know that the antidote for that is praying for somebody's success. Yeah, like if somebody has been. If, if a man yelled at me and then slammed a door in my face like a cartoon, <laughs> God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not mad at that. I learned a lot from that situation. And I hope I get a chance to like embrace that person in a way. Um, but the, we get to this meditation class and it is a cult ass cult. It is the, it is, it is suspect in every way from start to finish. They're uh-huh. explaining nothing. Uh, they're loudly doing a thing. And a woman uh, who like comes out of nowhere, just flanks us. And she's like, are you here for the information session? And we we're like, yes. <laughs> and she's like, well, why don't you come sit over here with me so I can explain things to you? And I was like, can't, can't we sit here? And she was like, no, no, no. New people sit in the back. And I was like, what? Okay. So we we sit back there and then she's basically like in my sponsor's lap the entire time. Like like her knees, you know how when you see people want to have sex with each other and their knees are pointed together? This woman's knees are pointed 90 degrees toward us the entire time. She's like contorting herself and any move either of us makes. So out of the periphery, I'm like, you know, we're like, and she, any move we make, she's like, like, like physically right. flinching and really getting in, a, in, in, in like insisting for our personal information. So she hands my sponsor her cell phone. It's like, give me your personal information. My sponsor puts in some like bullshit stuff that isn't real, like a wrong phone number. And I, and then she hands me the phone and I erase my sponsor's information. Cause I was like, weird. This is a bad situation. Right. And then the lady <laughs> goes to text me. She's like, I'm going to text you right now. And she goes to text me and it rejects it. Cause that's no longer It's like an old, like a seven year old phone number. Yeah. I've been not used. She was, and I was like, well, it's my, my Google voice. And she was like, Oh, would it be better if I emailed you? And I was like, sure. So we get through the thing and they're chanting and it's not peaceful chanting. It is the most aggressive chanting I've ever heard in my life. It's so aggressive. And then, um, uh, finally I get the, like, my sponsor's like, are you ready to leave? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And we're listening to these testimonials when people are saying things like, um, they're chanting, like cured their cancer and uh, chanting. Like, it's like, it's everything. Just give a little money. And- right. It's like, <laughs> it's like everything you expect in this situation. It was an evangelical church, but it was evangelical Buddhism. If that makes any sense. That's insane. It was fucking bananas. And so we go to get up and fucking 
I can't remember what her name is. And I keep wanting to call her Karen. Karen. <laughs> gets up. It's Karen. Gets Fucking up. Karen. Fucking Karen. She gets up and she's like, oh, do you guys have to go? There's another session. And I'm going to contact you. And I said, ma'am, please do not contact me. <laughs> I know you mean well, but I am 2000% uninterested in what's happening here. <laughs> she was like, oh, and she did contact me. She did email me. Yeah. Well. Oh, God bless her. She's got to try. She's got to try, you God. know? Bless her heart. God bless her heart. <laughs> just God bless her pointy little head. Just, <laughs> and I, it just wasn't for me. It just yeah. wasn't for me. Um, And so... Uh, so maybe you find something maybe a little more middle ground as opposed to, yeah, you know, cult. Cults. And like, I, I like a good... How about Scientology? You know, there's a Scientology building. That was what I realized is between that Buddhist cult... And the Scientology building, they literally built, like, my house is in the shadow of Scientology right now. <laughs> Here in the epicenter. <laughs> it's insane. Like, there was at one point just, like, a guy hanging out on our block, just staring into a business for, like, a day. <laughs> and I finally, like, rolled down my window and I was like, hey, man, what you doing? And he was like, D- just barely, he was like, well, well uh, and I was like... You've been here all day and you're kind of freaking me out. Could you leave? <laughs> <laughs> just like, get out of here. You, they dress like bellhops. It's bad. It's that's a, that's a podcast for another time. Yeah. Me just being like, Hey, Scientology guy, don't mean to bother you. Please don't send people to my house. Uh, you kind of weird me out. You got to go. Yeah. This is a residential neighborhood. You're being weird right <laughs> Neighborhood now. watch. It was bizarre. But while he was there, the crazy homeless people that also live on that street, uh, who may or may not have been killing cats at the time, uh, they weren't around. So wow. six in one hand, half dozen the other. Yeah. I live in a bad neighborhood. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> I live in a terrible neighborhood. In a neighborhood where the Mormons at your door, you're just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> just Somebody help. Still not interested, but thank you. <laughs> you're so normal. Huh? So normal. Yeah, this is a neighborhood where a, a fun spiritual corridor of Mormons, they'll, they'll come by and they're like, hey, miss. Hey, or my favorite, hi, ma'am. Like, uh, when was I... I used to party with people like you know you guys like drugs hard <laughs> um uh hey ma'am do you need any help with anything so sweet oh, that's, See, super that's sweet. how you that's how you get people you should be like well i'm having this crazy problem with my uterus actually, <laughs> if you could just get up in there with a flashlight maybe and just see if you can check hey, what's going on hey you got a pocket knife <laughs> um uh, yeah, crazy corridor of Mormons. Um, we have a lot of, you get our, down toward the train station, there's a lot of Jehovah Witnesses. Mm-hmm. Jehovah Witney, I suppose. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then there's a new Scientology building and a Buddhist cult. All right. So we have all your flavors here. It's a buffet of uh, organized oh. religion. Oh, it's, it's intense. <laughs> it's intense. It's uh, And that was really, it was a fun moment because I, got to leave there and tell the normal people in my life like oh i know i'm not in a cult when i'm in a 12-step program yeah some people will be like it's a little cult like you know we're not brainwashing you but maybe your brain needs to be washed like (laughs) we get a little cute about that but when you really define uh one of all the tenets of like what makes a cult a cult one of the things is that you can't leave on your own volition yeah 
and even when you ask them to leave you alone, they're not going to leave you alone. Yeah. (laughs) And in a way, yeah, if you decide to stop going to meetings, people are going to reach out to you. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, just check up. But you're also a free person, just like your rehab. Yeah. You either want to be here or you don't. If this is not for you, don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) There's plenty of other... There's plenty of other things for you and there's plenty of other things for us, other people for us. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. It was like, that was a humbling fact that like the rooms will not fall down without me anywhere. I go, my job, comedy, my relationship. Yeah. Everybody does just fine when I'm not around. Without Anna. (laughs) Everyone does just fine. (laughs) Um, but in a cult, the, the difference is, is they tell you, A, you're not fine, and B, they're not fine without you. Right. Yeah. No, and you're not allowed to leave. And please don't call your dad. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, you know, financial, you know, anytime anyone asks you, no one asks you for a dollar in a meeting. We pass around a basket and you be like, hey. Put it in or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You put it in or you don't. You know? There's no judgment there. So that's that's the major. My difference. mom has this thing where she has to put at least a dollar in every meeting she goes to, or she thinks she'll she'll drink. It's like this weird like oh. superstition thing she has, and she was like super new sober, and she just like still does it. Like she has to put at least a dollar in. Well, good for her. Yeah, it's just funny. She's funny like that. Like, what if she has changed though? Um, she would never go if she didn't have like a full dollar. Yeah. Because hmm. there's definitely been times where I'm like, I have 73 cents oh, on me. My mother is prepared. <laughs> like, wow. She's organized and on it. Damn. I need to know what that's like. <laughs> that explains a lot about you. You're very organized. I try, yeah. Yeah, what's I that try. like? It, if, if I find it very comforting and calming. Mm. Like if my apartment gets too messy or like stuff's too out of whack, like I need to like it like throws me way off yeah. and I need to like just clean up or do whatever. And then I can like calm down and yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever neurosis that may be. <laughs> What's one thing you want to <clears throat> just like, if you could give one piece of, I wouldn't say advice or direction, direction, or if you could tell somebody something, they're just hearing about a 12 step program or they're brand new. What would you tell them? Just to be open. I think if I had been a little more receptive or not so like stubborn in my thinking or my perceptions of myself for my environment, I may have gotten help sooner. As opposed to being just stubborn and like, this is the only way and this is how I am. It's how it's always going to be. And like, you know, that, yeah, that, that bullshit. Yeah. I think just, this is my identity. Yeah. I think being able to, yeah understand that there are like other ways of dealing with problems other ways of mm-hmm. viewing the world like a yeah. uh, simple shift in perspective can like mean life or death for you mm-hmm. so be open Aww. is that uh, all the questions that's all the questions Holy man we did it shit. that went fast damn it went fast and also it was fun yeah I we had a, good had a time, lot of fun right Hmm. Well, um, you know, if you're listening to this and no one's told you uh, that they love you today, I love you. Love you. Love you. And Jared, I love you. Love you, Anna. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye.